Drivers, start your engines! It's time for the fastest hour of radio. Southern Race Week with your host, William Barber. Hello and welcome into this brand new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio for you along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network itself. He once again filling in for our fearless leader, WB, who's continuing to be on bed rest right now. His doctors are advising him to take it easy, rest, relax, and also rest his voice as well. So uh, he will not be on the program this week, although I am encouraging him. I'm trying to get him to update all our loyal listeners on Facebook and Twitter because I've been getting a lot of uh, questions from fans and listeners who are wondering the latest situation and what's going on with William. And I'm trying to get as much information as I can, uh, texting him or, or trying to call him. Sometimes, I, obviously, he can't talk. So I talked to Barb, who is his lovely, lovely wife, who is at home taking care of him and making sure he's got everything that he needs. So, uh, William, we are out here uh, thinking about you, buddy. And uh, I'm going to try to encourage William to use Facebook and Twitter to kind of update all our loyal listeners as far as his condition and what's going on with him. And if you want to get those updates, you've got to like our Facebook page. So head on over to facebook.com slash Southern Race Week and like the page and also follow us on Twitter at SRW Radio. And I'm going to try to encourage uh, WB to uh, get on either Facebook or Twitter and try to update all our loyal listeners as far as his condition, how he's feeling and everything like that. So once again, WB, if you're listening to the program this week, feel better, buddy, and can't wait to have you back on the show here as soon as possible. But, uh, hey, how's it going today? My name is Alfred. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening in to another brand-new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio for you. We do have another jam-packed episode of the program for you as we get set here for the uh, final races before we wrap up the regular season in the 2022 NASCAR Cup Series. And i got to say, man, this has been uh, an exciting season. We didn't know what was going to go on with a new car uh, you know, venue changes and stuff like that. But uh, with this new car, all the wins have pretty much been spread out amongst drivers. I mean, uh, it, was, it wasn't odd or weird that you would have a driver who might have, you know, nine, eight, seven wins on the season. Right now, the only driver who has the most wins is Chase Elliott, and he's the only driver with four wins on the season. It's crazy. And we have 15 drivers who will lock themselves into the playoffs and one position that is open right now, that's the number 16 position, and those drivers are not in via wins. We have 15 drivers who are guaranteed a spot in the playoffs because they've won a race. Ryan Blaney, who is in the 16th position, has the no wins on the season but holding on to that final playoff spot. Now he's only leading that final playoff spot by 26 points as Ryan Truex Jr. is in that 17th position. He's on the outside looking in, so those two guys are going to be jockeying for position uh, with a points battle, or if one of those can win a race between now and Daytona, which is pretty much Watkins Glen this weekend, and then t- Daytona next Saturday night, and then we'll cut it off and get set for the start of the playoffs uh, Labor Day weekend at Darlington. So it should be an exciting uh, last couple of races to determine the 16 drivers who will be racing for a championship at the end of the year at Phoenix. But you got Eric Almarola in 18th, Eric Jones 19, Bubba Wallace in 20th position. And those three guys are pretty much not going to be able to get in via points. And, uh, you know, Bubba Wallace has performed well at Daytona. He's won a race at Talladega, so he's an impressive driver on these super speedways. So if Bubba Wallace could somehow win at Daytona, which is one of those wild card races, you never know who could win 
at Daytona, but if Bubba was able to win it, that would really throw things into a loop in the playoffs because then Bubba would be into the playoffs and Ryan Blaney and Martin Truex Jr. would not. So uh, it's going to be an exciting couple of races here at Watkins Glen and Daytona to determine the uh, 16 drivers who will be battling out for a playoff position. And to uh, talk about everything crazy going on in the playoffs as well as the NASCAR Cup Series season, we're going to be speaking with Mike Bagley here in just a matter of moments. So you can hear him weekday mornings on the morning drive on Sirius XM NASCAR Channel 90 and also during NASCAR coverage for the Motor Racing Network. So he'll be joining us in a couple of minutes to break down the playoff picture. And then we'll be speaking with female driver in the ARCA series, Amber Slagle will be joining us. And then we'll be speaking with Bubba Pollard, hometown driver here from this great state of Georgia, raced last weekend at North Wilkesboro Speedway. So he'll get his thoughts on his performance last weekend and once again racing at the all-new revamped North Wilkesboro Speedway. So all that coming up for you this week on Southern Race Week Radio along with the Southern Race Week Radio podcast. I'm Adam Alexander, part of the NASCAR coverage on Fox Sports 1, and you're listening to Southern Race Week. All right, welcome back to this brand new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio for you along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio network. It's Alfie continuing on with this brand new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio along with the Southern Race Week Radio podcast, which is available for you every Monday at iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. But we're very honored and privileged to welcome our next guest here, Via the Food Depot hotline, ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome in one of the many turn announcers you hear for the Motor Racing Network. And also, he'll be in action this weekend as part of NASCAR's coverage on the National Broadcasting Company. Ladies and gentlemen, and also host of the Morning Drive on Sirius NASCAR Channel 90. This guy is one of the busiest men in television and radio and in broadcasting overall. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome in Mr. Mike Bagley! Yeah. Alfie, how are you, son? Good, ah. Good to talk to you again. Mr. Bagley, Is always a pleasure speaking with you, uh, my friend. You are, as I mentioned, the busiest man in broadcasting. You're, you're just all over the place. You got your... MRN show that you do your podcast. You you got the, the morning drive on Sirius XM NASCAR Motor Racing Network turn announcer as well. But the, this weekend you're going to be part of NBC's coverage of NASCAR at Watkins Glen as you'll be doing the um, radio style broadcast for television. Uh, before we talk about the season, everything going on there, how much do you enjoy doing the radio coverage for NBC Sports? It is really a blast. We're doing radio style this weekend. And that's when they put uh, Dale Earnhardt Jr., Jeff Burton, and me around the course, and we treat it like a pseudo-radio-style broadcast, hence the term radio-style. Uh, <laughs> and it really, it's fun. You know, I, I love NASCAR racing. I've been doing it all my life and love my brothers and sisters at MRN. But when an opportunity to um, share the microphone with our friends over at NBC pops up, it's always it's always fun. It's something that they get a kick out of. I get a kick out of. The fans get a kick out of it too, and uh, it's just it's just so different from what they normally do. And quite frankly, different from decades gone by when radio used to stay in their lane and TV stayed in their lane, and the two did not intersect. Um, we will this weekend, and we're going to have a whole lot of fun doing it up at Watkins Glen. I can't wait to get up there. Now, do you see differences in between when you do NBC and MRN, the, the slight differences between radio and te- even though you're doing a radio-style broadcast for television, there's still other elements of tele- TV that you obviously do not have in radio? 
Well, yeah, because we follow what's on the screen because that's what folks are watching at home. However, um, we subscribe to the TSA theory. If you see something, say something. So we could be calling something on the screen, but if something happens out of the corner of our eye, we'll start, we'll start calling that, and the cameras will catch up. Obviously, we don't use car numbers a lot on radio, which they do on TV. So you'll hear a lot of, you know, the 12 of Blaney will race to the inside of the 19 of Martin Truex Jr. You'll have additional identifiers. There are tweaks and tunes uh, to what we'll do Sunday versus what you'll hear on a traditional MRN call. But it has enough of a radio feel that we label it radio style. And it's really a blast to see the guys and hear the guys adjust to what is my normal medium. Like I'm speaking of Dale and Jeff, they are analysts, but they get to put on a play-by-play hat uh, this weekend. Of course, Dale Jr. has done it a couple times in the booth, but he'll be out in uh, on the back 40, as they call it, out by the inner loop there on the furthest most point of Watkins Glen. Well, it should be exciting. Always look forward to seeing the bag man there on television. You look, you always look good on TV, my friend, just just, just to let you know. But you can check out Mike Bagley and the rest of the NBC crew as they'll be covering all the action from Watkins Glen uh, this weekend. So make sure you uh, check that out. But, uh, Mr. Bagley, uh, let's talk about the season right now, man. Uh, Kevin Harvick, we hadn't heard anything from Kevin Harvick for pretty much the majority of the season. And then all of a sudden, the last two weeks here, this guy's gotten himself a, a couple of checkered flags, got himself that spot in the playoffs, which was something I'm sure he was really jousting for position there in as uh, as we kind of get set for the regular season finale in Daytona here next weekend. As we kind of break it down here, we got 15 drivers qualified, one spot open. We got a couple of guys jockeying for that last spot there. So what do you see here as we head into uh, this weekend in Watkins Glen and Daytona next weekend? Well, it's actually been brewing for about the last month and a half. You know, we've been waiting for somebody to emerge out of the pack and it's like, who's going to be that team? You know, who's going to be the team to get it? Who's going to be the team to separate themselves? And about a month ago, that team looked to be Chase Elliott, winning races, running up front, almost winning more, finishing second, finishing third, and being more of a consistent presence in, in the top five and a threat to win. So it's like, okay, well, all right, the nine team is going to be that team that people are chasing. And then after going winless for 65 races <laughs> – Kevin Harvick and Rodney Childers go back-to-back, and then now we're talking about, well, now, wait a minute. Now, could it be them that's going to rise to the surface and going to be them who is going to be a force to contend with? When you go through a drought like they have, and then all of a sudden they go to the top of the leaderboard, they found something. Kevin's maintaining that, you know, not much has been found, but if you've got crew chief Rodney Childers in the mix, he's always looking for speed, and he's always looking to make his race cars better, and he's done exactly that along with Kevin and the crew the last couple of weekends at Michigan and at Richmond. A two-mile super speedway and a short track to boot at that. The question is, what can they bring to the road course this weekend in New York? Speaking with Mike Bagley here on this week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio, and as we're looking at the bottom of the playoff standings, Ryan Blaney in the 16th position, Martin Truex Jr., 26 points out of that last spot. We've been discussing all season long if there's a possibility that we're going to have 16 drivers. I don't know if they're going to have more than 16 with two races left, but do you see Blaney or Truex Jr. possibly winning one of these last two races, or do you think this is uh, – We'll have 15 winners, and those two will battle it out for the points. It's hard to say because it is possible. It's possible for Blaney to win. It's possible for Truex to win. Although, Martin hasn't been as potent on road courses the last few times through. So, while he has finished in the top three, I believe it's the last four times, the landscape's different 
the landscape. And by the way, those finishes are at Watkins Glen. We're going to Watkins Glen with the new race car for the first time. So there's a lot of unknowns. And Martin admitted last week that you know they haven't been as good on road courses as they have in the past. This is where if you're Ryan Blaney, if you're Martin Truex Jr., you dig way deep because you don't want to put all your eggs in the Daytona basket because you don't know what's going to happen. More times than not, those eggs will get cracked at Daytona in the big one and all the rambunctiousness that breaks loose there. But if somebody below Blaney and Truex wins in the next two weekends, the whole thing is turned upside down, and both of them find themselves on the outside looking in rather than Blaney in and Martin trying to get in through either a point means or a winning means. Yeah, and then look at those names that are outside. Bubba Wallace, who's, who's won in Talladega, does really well at the super speedways. I mean, he's one of the ones that I could think could be one of those spoilers and, and knock both Blaney and Truex out of this thing. But, I mean, this is I think what this is what NASCAR wanted when they kind of did this NASCAR playoff system is a little bit of excitement, including with the new car as well. So, I mean, how do you feel about this playoff race as we get here to the, the final few uh, races here? Is this kind of what NASCAR wanted with the excitement of this of this kind of format for the playoffs? Well, what are you willing to do to make the playoffs? Are you willing to go two tires and everybody goes four? Are you willing to stay out when everybody comes in? Are you willing to lay the fender to somebody to move them? I mean, what are you willing to do to make it in? I think that those are some valid questions going into Watkins Glen this weekend. How creative can you get on the war wagon? How, how creative can, can either Jonathan Hassler, who's the crew chief for Ryan Blaney, or James Small, the crew chief for Martin Truex Jr., how brave – and how courageous can you get? Because there's going to be a carrot that's going to be dangled at some point in this race. Do you go out and you grab it, or do you wave it off and you perhaps maybe you, you, you put stock in more of an advantageous means that has more guaranteed results? So it's a great storyline, but here's the thing. This will be, we've been through 23 races, 24 races, and then now it comes down to two races. I, I would not want to be in that position, but we've always seen time and time again when you get drivers and crew chiefs and teams put in certain positions, they can answer the bell and respond. Sure makes for a juicy storyline going into this weekend's race at Watkins Glen. And, of course, it sets up for the juiciest of them all. Who can get in potentially through the 400-miler at Daytona, which is coming up a week from Saturday. Now, as we get set for the playoffs here in a couple of weeks, uh, Mr. Bagley, um, any of those drivers who have already qualified in, who are some of the ones that you think might perform great in the playoffs and maybe maybe one of those teams that might be a surprising team that we might want to keep our eyes on well I, it's, it's so hard to tell because it's so unpredictable this year but you've got your usual cast of characters now you have kevin harvick that's involved in all this through what he's done the last couple of weeks but you've got the hendrick guys that are trying to get their affairs in order toyota is up and down track house while they were on a roll for a while they're up and down everybody has a case to be made for a good playoff run, but I also think that everybody in the playoffs can make a case that playoff challenges. The mm -hmm. question is, when do the challenges come? How do you rebound from them and capitalize on that, taking it in to the next week? Your guess is as good as mine, but that's why you should watch and listen the next two weekends and, of course, the 10 that will make up the playoffs once we start them on Labor Day weekend in Darlington. And, of course, you definitely want to watch NBC this weekend – because our own friend of the show, Mike Bagley, 
will be a part of the broadcast coverage for NASCAR NBC as they'll be at Watkins Glen uh, this upcoming weekend. You can also listen to them every weekday morning on the morning drives on Sirius XM NASCAR Channel 90 and also with the Motor Racing Network as well. And uh, Mr. Bagley, if our listeners out there want to follow you on social media, keep up with what's going on. Where can they go to uh, follow you and, and keep up, my friend? At the Mike Bagley, B-A-G-L-E-Y, on Twitter. Hey, guys, this is Jansen Marks-Banks, Tour and 12 driver of the Cars Tour, and you are listening to Southern Race Week. All right, welcome back to this brand-new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio for you along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network. It's Alfie. Continuing on with this brand-new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio along with the Southern Race Week Radio podcast, and we're very honored and privileged to welcome our next guest here via the Food Depot hotline, and she's making her first appearance ever here on Southern Race Week Radio. Let's talk to motorsports driver, ladies and gentlemen. She's also races in the ARCA series. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Miss Amber Slagle. Miss Slagle, thank you so much for taking the time to join us this week here on Southern Race Week Radio, and hopefully you're having a great day today, my friend. Yes, of course. Thank you guys for having me on. It's uh, it's going good so far. Just working away and getting ready for Milwaukee. That's right. You're going to be making your uh, debut at the Milwaukee Mile. That's going to be coming up on August 28th in the number 24 machine. So we got a lot to uh, get with you. So let's go ahead and, and kind of start off when we have a, a first-time guest on the program just for our listeners to kind of get a little bit of information about who Amber is all about. Amber, what got you into racing? Yeah, so I started racing when I was seven in quarter midgets up in Michigan. Uh, That's where I was born and raised. And actually, my dad got me started. I am a first-generation racer. I tried cheerleading and dance and everything that my mom wanted me to do. And (laughs) that's just nothing that didn't interest me. And my dad one day said, how about we try go-karts? My mom thought he was absolutely crazy. They took me to Tessie's quarter midgets and I fell in love they couldn't get me off the racetrack and my dad bought that quarter midget that night and (laughs) my mom was not too happy in that moment but I think after all the memories over the years we've created as a family and it's it was a family sport for us growing up so it's brought us close as a family so I think she appreciates it now but that's where I started and my dad got me into it now I moved down south and I've been working in ARCA. I've been a crew chief. I recently just started my own business um, doing graphic installation and installs. So I've been busy and just plucking along and trying to race when I can. So I'm very fortunate to be able to make my debut at Milwaukee. As you said, it was kind of a, a now this is a family thing. You said at first it was kind of a mix between what your mom and dad thought about this. But now you're saying with all the memories, it, it's a family affair now. And to be able to race and do what you do, it takes a lot of sacrifice, especially from your family. So how much credit do you give to your parents for everything they've done for you to pursue what obviously is your dream? Oh, yes. I give them all the credit, honestly. I I truly wouldn't be where I'm at today if it wasn't for both of them. Um, They've sacrificed so much for me just to keep me on the racetrack and keep me racing. You know, we're not a family that comes from a lot of money and Unfortunately, we all know that's what it takes to make it in this sport. So for them to put everything that they had to keep me going and keep me determined and stay positive, knowing that I can make it as long as I work hard for what I want, I really wouldn't be where I'm at today without them. Speaking with uh, short track driver Amber Slagle here on this week's edition of 
Southern Race Week Radio. And Amber, as we mentioned, you're going to be making your debut at the Milwaukee Mile. That'll be coming up on August 28th during the ARCA Racing Series. So tell me, uh, this is, uh, from what I've read, the biggest track that you've ever raced at. So how are you preparing yourself, especially when you go to a track that you've never been to before? Yes, so this is uh, my debut at a mile. I'm excited to go to a bigger place, especially how flat it is. I've seen to have a lot of success at the flat tracks. So that's exciting. Now preparing for it, I've I've had a lot of help with some driver coaching from Ron Hornaday. Um, he's been a huge help for me and just kind of giving me some pointers and some tips along the way. But a lot of it comes down to just watching um, video footage and just knowing kind of what you're getting into. But I think as a race car driver, it's just another racetrack and... Um, I think we all adapt quickly when we go to new places. So I'm excited for it, and I think it's going to be a new challenge, but I'm ready for it, and I think we're going to be really good there. Now, having Ron Hornaday as uh, someone to give you some advice is definitely a nice name to have in your in your back pocket there. How much uh, influence and help has Ron Hornaday had for your career? Yeah, I actually just met him more so this past year when we had Landon Lewis uh, racing for us at Kern. He's um, a mentor for Landon, and he really latched on to me too and I wanted to take advice from him. He, he's a champion, he's won a lot of races, and he's somebody that I really look up to in this sport. He's done a lot of good in NASCAR, and um, I think he's really helpful to anybody's career, really. So all the advice that he can give me, I'm willing to listen, and um, whatever he can tell me to make me a better race car driver. Now, you mentioned it a little bit ago, and I was doing research, I learned about this. You also were a crew chief as well for a number of years in the ARCA series. How beneficial is it for you to have that role as a crew chief and then also as a driver? Do you find that it helps you when you're out there racing to be able to communicate with your specific crew chief as well? Yes, I believe it does. I actually think it's made me a way better race car driver, especially over this past year or two. Um, you know, it was something I took on last year. Bruce Cook, who I race for, currently he asked me if it was a position i wanted to try with parker retzlaff and we've had some different drivers here and there that i've also crew chief and um it's something i wanted to do i wanted to learn that position and um that side of the race cars more kind of at the track taking the role i think it's helped me a lot more as a driver knowing how to communicate with my driver on cha- or my crew chief on changes that i want or may need and I also understand what to look for when I go back on the track, what that change is going to do for me. Um, so I think it's helped me in a lot of different ways on and off the racetrack, and it's helped me grow a lot as well. Now, one of the stories I was reading about is the number 24. You'll be racing in that car number on August 28th. Uh, there's some story behind this because I think normally you drive the number 17. Uh, so tell me the story about how the 24 means so much to you. Yes, so usually I do drive the 17 uh, out west, and with ARCA, we can't have multiple numbers in the series anymore, and with David Gillen racing, having the 17 with Taylor Gray, um, that gives him top priority for the number, which makes us have to pick a new one. Um, Growing up, my number was always 24, and it does go back to Jeff Gordon. When I was like seven years old, I loved Jeff Gordon's rainbow car. Um... And he was always my idol growing up. Where he came from, what he did in racing growing up, I just really looked up to that, and that's what I wanted to do. So from day one, my number was always 24. And now going into this race with us having to pick a a new number, and Bruce Cook, his primary number is 42. 
So it just kind of worked out, and I had to talk him into it a little bit to let me be the 24 again. But I'm thankful for him that he's letting me do it, and he's giving me this opportunity. So it's cool to see my number growing up back on the car again, and um, I I think it's going to bring us a lot of good luck in two weeks. Well, Amber, we're looking forward to that debut for you, the Milwaukee Mile, on August 28th in the ARCA series. It's going to be awesome for you. Now, if our listeners want to keep up with your career, follow along with what's going on and your race schedule, uh, where can they go to get all that information? Yeah, so my Twitter page is at Amber Slego. You guys can follow along for all race day updates, any new news coming out. Um, my Facebook is Amber Slego Racing. And then my Instagram is just at Amber Slego as well. So, on there is where you guys will find all my updates throughout the year. Right now, Milwaukee is my only planned ARCA race, but if you guys follow along, um, I think you'll see some more news coming in the future that we're working on here for the rest of the year. So follow me for more updates and um, see how Milwaukee turns out for us. Well, Miss Slagle, we really appreciate you taking the time to join us this week here on Southern Race Week Radio. Good luck to you at the Milwaukee Mile, and hopefully we'll continue on with your progress and have you back on the program here sometime soon. Thank you so much for your time. Yes, thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. This is Larry McReynolds of NASCAR on Fox, and you're listening to Southern Race Week. All right, welcome back to this brand new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio for you along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio network itself. We continuing on with this brand new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio, along with the Southern Race Week Radio podcast. And we're very honored and privileged to welcome our next guest here via the Food Depot hotline, local boy done good, as he was recently racing at North Wilkesboro Speedway. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome in from the great state of Georgia, short track driver extraordinaire and worldwide name. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Mr. Bubba! Mr. Pollard, thank you so much for taking the time to join us yet again this week on Southern Race Street Radio. Hopefully you're having a great day today, my friend. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on. Thanks. Uh, no problem, Bubba. And uh, I just had to get you on the line, man, because for a long time, North Wilkesboro Speedway has been uh, just a mess. Uh, you know, they did the last NASCAR race there a t- many, many years ago. They shut the place down. They tried to bring it back, and then it just didn't work out. But now... They put the money, they put the backing into North Wilkesboro Speedway, and you were out there racing this past weekend in the uh, Super Late Model Series over there. So tell me, what was it like racing at such an historic venue as North Wilkesboro Speedway? Well, it is. It's very cool what they're doing and trying to bring the racetrack back. It's Not many racetracks get the chance to for a second chance, um, you know, and it's pretty cool to, to be able to be involved in it and support uh, what they're doing in North Wilkesboro and and uh, the history that's at the racetrack is just it's pretty neat, you know. And and their response and the crowd's been overwhelming um, in the last few months uh, with all the talk about going back racing. So it was quite a it's quite an experience. It was something we'll always remember. Uh, hopefully, you know, we'll get to race there again sometime in the future. And um, you know, it's just just uh, very cool to be a part of it. Now, you finished third in the Super Late Models event there at North Wilkesboro. Tell me about uh, racing there and the, and the finish between Sammy Smith, Hunter Robbins, and yourself. And then also, what was it like uh, as far as the surface and, and racing around North Wilkesboro? How, how was that experience like as far as uh, uh, in the car and driving around the laps? Yeah, we have gotten there. It's a unique place. Uh, we I got the chance, the opportunity to race there back in 2011, and 
you know, that's been 11, 12 years. You don't remember, really. You know, it's, it's crazy how you forget. But going back to the place, man, it's it's very unique. It's gotten rough. It's very abrasive on the the tires, and you have to be very disciplined and very patient as a, as a driver to to save your tires and save your equipment to be there at the end. And um, you know, the racetrack is is going downhill in turn one, and then you know, coming out of two, going down the back stretches, you're actually pulling back up the hill. So it's a very unique place that is something that we don't get to race at very often. A place like that, uh, so you you had to be smart. You had to save your stuff, and luckily we had a good race car. Uh, we were able to drive our way up through there. Um, we, we started, I think, ninth, and um, the race didn't really kind of play out how we wanted it to. We we had a caution there with a, around lap 40 uh, and took two tires, and uh, I just made a mistake and tightened the race car up too much uh, there for that last 40-lap run. Um, didn't get quite the tire where we was expecting and uh, didn't get the long run we were expecting. So, uh, But, yeah, we had a good top three race car, and uh, we were happy to come out with a great finish, and and uh, get to do it again this weekend. Speaking with a Georgia short track driver, Bubba Pollard here on this week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio. Now, Dale Jr. is going to be racing there in a few weeks in the Cars Tour Series, and I read a very interesting story that you received a text message from Dale Jr. asking you if you're going to be racing in North Wilkesboro. Yeah, it's pretty neat. You know, we we had a relationship going back uh, several years ago when I drove for him with late mall stock at Martinsville, and just thankful that opportunity. And he always reaches out from time to time and uh, see how things are going. So it's pretty neat that he he keeps up with, uh, you know, what we're doing and short track racing in general. And for him to be involved uh, with what's going on at North Wilkesboro and and going back to race there here in a few weeks, it's it's going to be interesting. I'm mean, I'm sure it's going to draw a crowd and pretty neat to to have a a guy like him um you know text you and make sure you're coming uh to to one of their events so pretty neat you know um kind of kind of cool to to get to talk to him and and run things by him and and uh and have some fun talking so it's pretty neat now as far as your schedule coming up what's on the horizon what what do you got coming up on your on your racing schedule bubba for uh for you and, and your team yeah we've had a a very busy uh few weeks here last month or two months actually uh and it don't stop anytime soon we we get to go to cordell georgia uh chris uh, motorsports park down there this weekend the 20th for a southern super series race we're leading the points hopefully we can we can extend that and keep that going and and then then we go to oxford maine at the end of the month the 25th 6th 7th um to run the oxford 250 and then we're we're back down south to mobile alabama to run the srl race so we got a lot of traveling to go. We got a lot of racing left throughout the year, and uh, you know we hope hopefully we can get some wins. And it's been kind of a slow year for us, but we're excited about the rest of the year. We got some cool things coming coming up, and and uh, just excited to to get the rest of the year going. And I got to tell you, Bubba, you're a busy man. Not only do you you drive pretty much weekly, but you also got a business you got going on. You got a, a promoter of a racetrack in, in Sonoma over there. So, I mean, how are you, and also you're a family man as well. How are you able to, to juggle everything that, that goes on in your life, racing, business, and, and the promoting of the track and everything? I mean, how are you able to fit all that in? Well, it's tough. You don't get much <laughs> sleep between uh, between everything we got going on. But, you know, it's it's a lot of fun. You just We just try to try to give 100% of everything we do and, and, and try to do it the best we can. And, and uh, you know, it's hard to juggle and, and – and do that with with everything we got going on, but it's part of it. Uh, we just gotta make the best of it. Uh, we we have some great people 
that we put in place over the years in in, in my racing at the track and business and everything like that this this allow us to do several different things and we couldn't do it without all their help and it's been tough but it's been fun and and just a lot of great people along the way now bubba if our listeners want to keep up with your race schedule keep up with what's going on with your career and also what's going up at Sonoya raceway uh where can they go to get all that information to keep up with what's going on with you in the track yeah we got a facebook bubba power fan page and then bubbapower.com got schedules Sonoya raceway 1969 we got uh you know, some cool things going on the rest of the year. Uh, Peach State Classic's coming up in November. Uh, it's a big, big event for us at the racetrack, and we're excited about that. And, um, you know, we we got plenty. If, if someone's looking for some entertainment, whether it be uh, watching on uh, Racing America, Mad TV, or, or at, at the local dirt track, we we got your entertainment. So, um, yeah, everyone come out and check it out. We sure do appreciate it. Well, uh, Mr. Paul, we really appreciate you taking the time to join us this week on Sunday Race Week Radio. Good luck to you in the rest of your racing for the 2022 season and looking forward to talking to you again down the road and keeping up with your progress, sir. Well, I appreciate you having me on. Thanks. Hey, this is Brandon Jones, and you're listening to Southern Race Week. All right. Welcome back to this brand-new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio for you along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network. It's Southie as we wrap up this week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio along with the Southern Race Week Radio podcast. But if you want to go back and listen to this episode all over again or any of our previous episodes of Southern Race Week Radio, just head on over to iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. This upcoming Monday, you'll be able to hear this episode again on our podcast location, and you can go back and listen to any of our previous episodes of Southern Race Week Radio. So check it out, the Southern Race Week Radio podcast, available for you every Monday at iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. But once again, thanks to our great guests joining us this week here on Southern Race Week Radio, Mike Bagley of the Motor Racing Network and Sirius XM NASCAR Channel 90. Also, ARCA Series driver Amber Slagle, and then also local Georgia short track driver Bubba Pollard. We really appreciate Hi, them taking Winston the time to Kelly, join us this week on Southern Race Week Radio. Uh, don't forget about Southern our uh, social week. media platforms. You can like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Southern Race Week. Get on over there and like the page. And you can also follow us on Twitter at SRW Radio. And also the email address is available for you 24 hours, 7 days a week. If you want to drop us an email, feel free to do so. It's srwradio at yahoo.com. That is srwradio at yahoo.com. And once again, we really appreciate you taking the time to join us this week on Southern Race Week Radio. And coming up next week on the program, we're going to be speaking with Greg Walter, the Executive Vice President and General Manager of Charlotte Motor Speedway. By the time we know it, we're going to be going Roval Racing at Charlotte for the 2022 NASCAR playoffs. So we'll be speaking with Greg Walter next week and get a preview of what you can expect to see racing-wise at the Roval at Charlotte Motor Speedway in October for the 2022 NASCAR playoffs. So enjoy the rest of your weekend, and we'll catch back with you again next week right here on Southern Race Week Radio along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network.